The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again. Folks, welcome to another edition of the Reaper Report. Brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. What's happening? What's good? Let's go, man. We got some news, folks. Our guy, Brand Bean, our guy, Sean McDermott, have been extended. Big news coming Buffalo's way. Some are elated. Some feel thrilled about this news uh most folks are looking at this like all right we've got management in place we've got head coaches in place let's go there's nothing else for us to talk about we've got some continuity there's really nothing else to talk about because there are a lot of situations that we can be in folks where there are teams with head head coach issues gm issues the gm is making calls the head coach has nothing to do with it we could be in those situations. I mean, we've we've been in situations where we're like, yo, head coach after head coach after head coach. It comes to a point where you're like, I, I'm done with this, man. I like too much. Give me, give me a coach that I can count on. Give me a coach that 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 consistently has my team in contention. Give me a GM that keeps my roster competitive. We've been asking for that for how long? Honestly, we've been asking that for a long time. So we finally have something that we can kind of tip our hats to and say, you know what? What are we, what, what is there to complain about? Now it was just a matter. It's a matter of putting things together. It's about closing things, closing the gap and not between closing the gap between us and other teams, closing the gap between us and lifting that Lombardi. And if I'm, if I'm speaking some truth, by the way, smash. I like why you guys are in here. It's a little bit of a later edition Rico report. What's happening folks. Uh, smash. I like how you guys come into the room. Thank you very much. Uh, so, folks, if you guys have been living on the rock, Mr. Pagula himself and Mrs. Pagula have uh, have done, have given an extension, a contract extension to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott right through 2027. So those boys are going to be together right up into that point. I mean, between now and 2027, something's got to give. I'm hoping, you know what I'm saying, that we we have two rings under our belt by that time. I mean, just give me one. Just one. Just one real. Just give me one. Just give me one championship. And shoot, I'll be happy in my lifetime. Give me one championship. Let me let me book my flight to Buffalo so I can come and and hang out at the parade. Wherever the hell the parade's gonna be. Most likely downtown Buffalo, I would assume. Right? So here we are. But here's the problem. Some folks aren't happy. <laughs> Some folks aren't happy. Shocker, right? Are you shocked? Honestly, let's be real. Are you shocked? You can't make all Bills fans happy. You just can't. Honestly, we could, we could, for some reason, we could land Pat Mahomes 
for some reason, he pissed off Andy Reid, and Andy Reid said, you're cut. And the Bills signed Pat Mahomes. They'd be like, heck no, I don't want him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, if if Marshall Falk drank an elixir that knocked off 20, 20 years off his life, and he's available, Bills would be like, no, nah, I'm good with James Cook. I'm good. You mean so? It's like it's like you can't make those fans happy, man. It's it's just one of those things. It's it's just you can't make everybody happy, and some folks are are clamoring and rightfully so that maybe we decided to give Sean McDermott an extension too soon. Now, I can make a very good argument for that because I was left in that in that in that bubble as well. Oh, y'all gave Sean McDermott an extension. I'm not mad at it. Don't get me wrong. I like Sean McDermott. I like Sean McDermott a lot. I think he's the perfect coach for the Bills. I mean, for crying out loud, this team was, this team was all over the place, man. This team was everywhere, but in the winning category until Sean McDermott came through and broke the drop. Dude, we were talking about, dude, we, there are articles out there. There are podcasts out there talking about the all-time drought team for crying out loud. The all-time drought team? Bruh, we're bringing up Leotis McKelvin. We're bringing up, you know what I'm saying? We're bringing up Kyle, Kyle Williams. We're bringing up Tyrod T- Fam. Fred Jackson. We're bringing up all these, these great players that we've, we've loved for the Bills. But too bad they were part of the drought team. It sucks. So Brent, so McDermott comes through and was like, damn all that. We're gonna back into the playoffs at nine and seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's uh it's it's like it's it's you have to you have to look at the bigger picture in this whole situation and understand that this team is moving in the right direction. And we haven't been moving in the right direction in a long time. 17 freaking years of no playoffs, 17 years of of just Year after year, finishing seven and nine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Six and ten, five and eleven. Like, yo, it's it's like, come on, man. Getting beat down by the Patriots, like it got it got tiresome. But for some reason, I don't know how we were doing it. it it's like we've been we've been pretty good late as of late, but for so long, we've been able to just every day keep coming back and saying maybe this year. Maybe we got it this year. No, this year's different. Remember how many times you used to say that to your to your friends, to your boys? New season, boys. New season. We got it. Tyrod Taylor's going to get us out of this, man. I feel it. I feel good about it. How many times we were saying, oh, snap. Week one, EJ Manuel comes back against the Panthers. We found the guy. We found the guy. How many times, we, how many times did we say that? Were we thrilled with that comeback win against the Panthers? E.J. Manuel, two minutes left on the clock, drives us down, hits Stevie Johnson in the end zone. <laughs> Game winner, we win by one point. We're like, all right, we're finally out of this. We got this. Boy, oh boy. I mean, I, I had to take you guys back to like what we what we have to what do you have to go through? Let's go back to 03. The Bills absolutely wax the Patriots. 36 nothing or something, some something silly. We're like, oh, shoot, we got it now. Drayton Florence is running with the football down the field. We got this. Tequila Spikes was on the squad, if I remember, like, 03-ish. 
fam. Yeah, those are the times, man. Those were the times. It was bad. Look, 5-0 and start. We start off 5-0. and Let's go. Trent Edwards gets his brain absolutely scrambled by Adrian Wilson. That was it. <laughs> there goes the season. Sam Adams running down the football, running down the field with the football. Yo, we got this. This is a new. How many, how many, like I could go on and on about some of the great games that we had and the moments that we thought we were going to do something. I bring this back. <laughs> Let me bring it back to now where we are consistently making the playoffs. It's number one. We are consistently in conversations for winning the Super Bowl. But yet, we have fans that still complain. Not good enough. And I get it. We want to win. I mean, the last, the last, you know what I'm saying? Anytime that Super Bowl is mentioned with the Bills, it's not a good one. We went to four straight Super Bowls, and guess what? Yeah, you, you guessed it. We lost all four, and that's every fan base. Whenever we want to we talk a little good thing about our team, you know, the Bills are looking good this year. Hey, what about those four Super Bowls? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, Josh Allen's looking to be like a MV, a Super, I mean, uh, NFL MVP. Hey, what about those four Super Bowls? That's what people hang off of. People that, were, that weren't even there in that era. 14-year-olds talk about, hey, what about those four Super Bowls? Man, shut your ass up. <laughs> man, oh, man. Get, you know what, Don Trotman, you said it, man. Thank goodness. <laughs> Could you imagine social media? Back then, if social media was the way social media is right now, back then, OMG, that team would have folded and went somewhere else. Donald Trump probably would have bought it. Bon Jovi would have bought that team and says, yo, I'm, I'm taking this team. It's, it's, Buffalo's a curse. But thank goodness we are not in that situation. Thank goodness we are not in that, in that, in that uh, scenario to, to, to relive that. We're actually in a position where we're like, holy crap. You look, you look at the roster, up and down, you're like, this is a balanced roster. This roster looks pretty damn good. Now, we have some guys that are aging on the squad. Both are safeties, 30 and up. You know what I'm saying? So, But they still got some, they still got some juice left. They still got some juice left. But we, it's a great mixture of some young bucks on the squad as well. My man, Hedy Figueroa, says, yo, this is a great roster we have, however... Them other teams are stacked. Also, the Eagles is stacked. KC is just them. Uh, Cincinnati. Other than that, we we straight. Listen, let's not think that we about to improve our roster and nobody else is going to improve. Everybody's trying to do the same damn thing. And is that to win the damn Super Bowl. And that's real talk. That's real talk. So, I wanted to get into the pros and cons of the extension given to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. And I want to start with let's start with the let's start with the cons of Sean McDermott because let's get that out of the way. Let's get that out of the way. And if you guys have moments in the era of Sean McDermott where you feel that he has failed this team, give me a specific moment. Maybe it was a time management game. It was a why did you call a timeout that time? Why did you play this player and not this player? Right? If you have one of those moments, shoot it in the chat. I'll try to ream it out for you as I go into my points. This is going to be one of those straightforward shows. 
no fluff right to it. And then we can get into things that you guys want to talk about. But I wanted to get this out of the way. So let's start it off like this, folks. Some of the things that I can, that most folks can have every right to criticize, have every right to criticize McDermott for. Right? And I did a list of the pros and cons, right? So let's start with this. Number one on the list for me, playoff struggles. Sean McDermott and his playoff struggles. Need I say more? Need I say more? Now, you'll give him the pass when we lose to the Jaguars. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's, your, that's your first, you know say, trying to get out there and, and make it into the world, and it didn't work out. That's fine. It's cool. We get it. You know what I'm saying? But we broke the drought. We were just happy to now not be one of those teams always named like they still haven't made the playoffs since 1999. They still haven't done this. Since. I, I was just happy to just not be in that, in that conversation anymore. I was just happy for it, right? But the playoff struggles. We go to the AFC Championship game. Lose that one. Josh Allen comes through, makes the playoffs, gets the Texans, throws the bed, throw, I mean, throws the ball over his head. I don't know what he's trying to do. Flip. Young Josh Allen went ready. Deshaun Watson was a little more polished at that time. We're ready. Throwing it to Pat DeMarco. You know what I'm saying? Moments, moments like that. You feel me? Playoff struggles. That's not, that's not necessarily on Sean McDermott per se, but it falls under Sean McDermott. That's an L to the Texans. An L to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. We just weren't prepared for that game. An L to the Chiefs in a division round game, 13 seconds. An L to the Chiefs again. You know what I'm saying? An, an L to the freaking to the Bengals. Excuse me, I said the Chiefs again. Uh, the, the Bengals just didn't show up. 27-10. Playoff struggles. We can we can win the division all we want. We can win the division all we want. But when you win, when you get into the playoffs, this is this is a different beast. We need to get over that hump. And whatever that hump is, you better figure it out. Because they just gave an extension. You better figure it out. So that's number one. Your playoff struggles. We need to get over the hump, baby. We need to get over the hump. We need to be as consistent as possible when we get later into the playoffs, right? First round, we'll get out of the first round. We barely got out of the first round against the Miami freaking Dolphins. And then we saw the display of football that we played against the Bengals. We saw. Stephon Diggs isn't happy. You know the drill. 13 seconds against the freaking, like we had that game. That game was ours. Which brings me to my next point. Conservative play calling. Sean McDermott has these moments. And I'll put him out because he's the head coach. He's got the extension. So I got to talk about it. He's the defensive coach. So that plan that coach Leslie Frazier puts together you're part of this plan. You know what the plan is. So let's go. So that falls on that falls on you too. There are moments, there are there are moments in 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 your tenure as head coach where you said, you know what, Frazier, push aside. I don't like the way the, the, the play calling is coming right now. I'm gonna take over. And you saw the difference. You saw the difference. But then you gave back the play calling duties. Back to Frazier. And we'll talk about Frazier a little later, actually. Now that, that, that we bring that up, I got I to gotta put a note on that because I got to bring up Leslie Frazier. 
So second point is your conservative play calling, Mr. McDermott. You have these moments in these pockets in these games where you're like, what? And the most, the prime example, prime example is the 13 second game against the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, a lot of fans to this day cannot and will not get over it. They will not get over 13 seconds because how could you have such a performance from Josh Allen, such a performance from Gabe Davis, that you let that game fall by the wayside by playing conservative? Whether it was Josh, whether it was Leslie Frazier that called the play, whether it was Sean McDermott that called the play, whether it was both of you guys collectively that said, this is the play I'm calling. You good with that? Yeah, let's go. Run that play. Let's go. Either or, it falls under the head coach. You're the one that's got to sit at the podium and explain what the heck happened. You know the drill. You know the drill. So th- those, are the, those are the little things that, you, you, that, that, that stay with certain fans, man. So your conservative play calling, that's got to change. So now that you've taken over as play caller, we're about to find out. How aggressive are you going to be or are you going to have your moments of playing conservative where it bites us in the ass? And that's something that I don't think we're looking forward to seeing. I don't think we want to see it. Whether you guys want to call a lack of communication, whatever the case is, whatever excuse you want to make, guess who it falls under? It falls under head coach Sean McDermott. By the way, we got uh, just shy of 150 people watching right now. Smash that like while you guys are in here. Let's go. So, number one, playoff struggles. Number two, conservative play calling for Sean McDermott. Those are the cons, right? Those are the things that people will be talking about. Like, hey, you gave him an extension? You could have waited a little bit. Because, I mean, right now, if you look at his playoff struggles, like, I mean, listen, how about you wait until this year plays out and then make that decision? But you went ahead and gave him that decision. And I have, I have a, a, an advantage to that, but I got to talk about the negative first because that would be something that I could bring up. You should have waited. You should have waited. Third, poor time management. How many games were there where, jo- where Sean McDermott would punt when you're like, dude, go for it? How many times would he call a timeout where you're like, why did you burn that timeout? Why didn't you call a timeout there? What are you doing? All day, like, knock it off. There are moments in games where you're like, He's improved, but there are times where you're like, man, we could have had that if he did this. Why did he? Why was he sitting on his hands with that? He's got the challenge flag in his hands, and he's he wants to throw, but he's like, nah, I ain't gonna throw it. Or when it's blatantly wrong, he's got the flag in his hand. He goes, yep, let me waste that time out. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Those those are those are the things that stick in people's crawls. That's those are the things that stick to the the fan base. When it comes to like, you know what I mean? The blunders, if you will, of Sean McDermott. So playoff struggles, number one. Number two, play calling. The conservative play calling. Right? You're going to extend a man that has conservative play calling sometimes in pockets of games? Come on now. Poor time management. You've seen it. We've seen it. You question it. You're like, yo, fam, like, why, why, why did he do it that? I don't get it. Number four, individual performances. And that's a tough one, right? But there are times where you're like, you look at the, the, the roster altogether, and 
I'll 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 go to the I'll stick I'll stick on I'll stay on brand when I say this. The running back room, right? You go and you you go and pick up. I don't know. Well, well, I mean, I I can go as far back. Let's go. Let's go. Frank Gore. You pick up an aging Frank Gore, right? Then you you draft a third round small back in Devin Singletary. We 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 kind of like what's going on. Frank Gore had a pretty damn good year. Devin Singletary was okay. He's seven seven hundred seventy five yards as a as a rook. Okay, we got some big things coming. Zach Moss gets drafted. And then now you guys can't decide who you want. You really want to push Zach Moss, but Devin Singletary just happens to be outplaying Zach Moss the whole time. But you guys, you go back and forth, back and forth. You don't, you can't make up your mind, right? Pick a player and go with it. The the back and forth at the right tackle position is, is, is do you believe in Spencer Brown? Do you not? I mean, so, and it falls under it falls under head coach because I mean that's your roster. You you brought the coaches in to decide whether who's playing right and who's not, right? You, you want to start Latulale. It, it's just like it's one of those. It's it's the individual. When you look at the rooms, the individual rooms. It's like come on now. The depth players that we bring in. I mean, are, are they good enough? It's tough, man. It's tough. And now, and I'm I'm trying to to, and I'm and I bring these up because this is these are things that some of it I agree with in terms of the cons about about uh, Coach McDermott. But these are a lot of things that that people talk about. I'm bringing those things up, by the way, just so you know. These are not my personal. This is what it is. Some of it I agree with, but I'm looking at what I'm reading the room and what people are talking about. So individual performances of, of players, the receiver room. You came in, you you came, you gave us buns players. Benjamin, Kevin, Benjamin coming through, and you brought the the guys from your squad. I know that a little bit falls on Brandon Bean a little bit, but you got to prove on that. Last but not least, the pass rush, the defensive line. That is your baby. Every year we invest in the D line, and for some reason, when it comes to crunch time, we lack the pass rush. We lack the pass rush. Not enough to get home. But yet we spend all the money in that, in that, in that, in that department. I, I don't have to even say more. Rotational basis. If you look at the Bengals, I use the Bengals. The Bengals don't do a lot of rotating, man. Your dogs stay on the field. On the Bill standpoint, though, there's always a constant rotation. Do we understand why? Absolutely. Stay fresh. Always, always. Uh, a motor, a player with a lot, a big motor coming after the quarterback, pushing the pocket. You want fresh legs, but sometimes you just want to keep your best players on the field. Period. So lack of pass rush in the in the tenure of Sean McDermott, I think we need more. I think we need more, and I think a lot of players are kind of getting. I mean, a lot of a lot of fans are kind of saying, other than Von Miller, where the hell is our pass rush? And you're supposed to be the defensive guru. You're supposed to be that guy that, you know what I mean, that can get after it. But, like, when you have a guy like Julius Peppers, it's easy. But you don't have a Julius Peppers. So, figure out a way. You had you had freaking bums sitting on the on the roster just collecting a paycheck. And Murphy, Trent Murphy, just sitting and picking up a paycheck. Why did you even keep Trent Murphy? What a bum. 
I'm sure he's a gentleman. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He's a McDermott dude. But he was picking up a paycheck for what? Oh, we need him for rotation. He's a, he's a good rotational piece. Man, bump that. Just saying. So, recap the cons for our guy McDermott. Playoff struggles, conservative play calling, poor time management, individual performances. That was an asterisk, though, because I, I, I was kind of looking for it, and I was looking at some people, and some people were like, man, some of the players on the, top, on the team, well, I'm not sure if we're develop them, developing them enough, and that's on McDermott. That's a 50-50 one for me. And last but not least, the, the pass rush, the defensive line room. We need more. I.e., Eric Washington is now the assistant head coach. He's the one that runs that D-line. A lot of folks were clamoring, saying, yo, man, we got to do something about that D-line, man. It's not getting enough. Oh, by the way, we've promoted our defensive line coach. They know something we don't. They must. My man Mark says, uh, Rico, hmm. Russo had eight sacks. Epinesa had six and a half sacks. AJ played 37% of snaps. What's your problem? I don't have a problem. It's just not enough. That's great. Eight and a half sacks. Uh, sorry, eight sacks, six and a half sacks. And you're talking about two, two, two players. But like, if you look, did you? So, and say Mark, and I like Russo. Don't get me wrong. I love Russo. I'm a big fan of Russo. I think AJ is going to have actually a big year, in my opinion. I think he can build off that six and a half sacks. However, where were those pass rush that pressure in the Bengals game when we needed it the most. Did you see it? Did you feel it? Exactly. Because I didn't. <laughs> we, we lacked the password. Joe Burrow had all the time in the world to do what he wanted to do. Furthermore, Joe Burrow is not the one that killed us in the first place. It was Joe Mixon. Mixon killed us for over 150 yards rushing. That same defensive line you know what I'm saying? Allowed that to happen. Just saying. Just saying, right? But those are the cons as to why, like, why we could have waited. I'm not saying that the, the extension was a bad one. It's not. I love the extension. Don't get me wrong. But there's some pros and cons. And those cons, with those cons, we could have waited a little bit more to see what McDermott would have done with this roster going forward. But they came in together somewhat. And they signed them together. So Pagula was like, I like this tandem. I like this group. Let's, let's keep it that way. King Noble comes in with a comment and says, Yo, Rico, I'm worried about the increase in poor time management from McDermott. It was already questionable when Frazier was running the defense. Imagine how bad it will be with him preoccupied with both jobs. That's a fair point to make. And that's what he's, that is what he's going to have to, he's go, he's going to have to manage that. Listen, you could say the same thing with Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is both head coach and offensive coordinator. And guess what? He's running those things just fine. That's why you've got to have you've got to have the great people in in place in order for you to to do that. So Kyle Shanahan runs the offense and he's a head coach, but he had a great defensive coordinator that can just handle that. So McDermott is going to have no choice. You're going to run that defense. You need to be the head coach. Welcome to doing two roles. Got no choice. Got no choice. So uh, there was a comment that I wanted to get back into. Uh, Z, my man Z Man Mafia says, uh, 
Uh, Rico, good point, man. We have a number of guys who are depth guys, but don't ever get the full reps to really prove their worth. However, we don't see them every day in practice. We don't. So that's why it's really tough. So that's why when you guys go to the red blue game, when you guys go to training camp and they open the practices up, you will see for yourself who stands out. And I'm sure we're going to get plenty of stories of how that's going to play out. But we'll, we'll, we'll soon see. We shall soon see. Michael Andrew says, uh, I love McDermott, but aside from, from, uh, from, Aside from that, I want Allen to have an offensive guru coach, someone that's a head coach and won't leave us every two years. And that's the continuity part. That's where I guess Pagula is like, I don't want to turn into this team that's got this head coach every two or three years uh, because this, that, and the third. We're going to get there. Sometimes it takes a little patience. I'm going to bring these both, these, both these guys back because they seem, they seem to have Buffalo trending upwards. And that's the big thing. And that's the big thing. And that's why it's perfect for me to get into the pros of loving why McDermott was extended. First things first, consistent improvement. I like I told I told you guys, man. We let's go back. Pick a year, two thousand one. Pick a year, two thousand four, two thousand seven, two thousand nine, two thousand twelve. Like pick a year. We weren't we weren't doing it. We were not doing it until McDermott came through. You give us a defensive minded coach that put a grit into this defense. And first year in, playoffs. We did not expect to go to playoffs. Believe me, this was a rebuild. You bring in a new coach, you bring in a new GM. Doug Willey gets, you know what I mean, gets booted. No, like, listen, this, this was supposed to be a rebuild. McDermott, with his strong leadership, got this team over the hump. Nine and seven, backed into the playoffs. What? Break the drought. You got to give him that. You got to give him, he changed the culture in Buffalo. So we've, we've been on the rise ever since, on the rise. And we're a respectable team. People can't talk about all the old bills from there. Listen, man, we've been consistently, consistently winning games, consistently division champs, three-time champs. We, we, we haven't been like that. We haven't been there in such a long time until McDermott got here. So props to McDermott. With, he's got this team consistently improving nonstop. The development... Of Josh Allen. And most might say, oh, he's a defensive coach. What the, hell you, what the heck are you talking about? The development of Josh. Well, here's the deal. When you are running the defense, it, it, takes, it, takes, um, it takes a head coach that will say, you know what? I know I got to run this defense. I'm not an offensive coach. I got to bring the guys that know what they're talking about. So he hires Brian Dable. Brian Dable has a lot to do with the development of Josh Allen. And do you remember how quickly they hired Brian Dable? I remember that we were going to, after we, we fired Rico Dennison, I was like, okay, we're about to go and pick out a, a nice, fresh, brand new, uh, experienced offensive coordinator. Let's see. What do we got? Whoa, whoa. We hired Brian Dable? Who the heck is that? Collegiately came out of Alabama, tight ends coach, offense. Ha! Huh? Let me let me look up let me look up Brian Dable. Oh, he was offensive coordinator. Okay, he's got some he's got some time in the league. Offensive coordinator for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. Offensive coordinator for the, for the Jets, I believe. Offensive coordinator for the Miami. Hold on a second. The Miami Dolphins. He's been an offensive coordinator all this time, and he's been a bum. Nothing. This is weird. That was rather quick. Fast forward. Guys are raving about Brian Dable. They miss Brian Dable. Brian Dable was Dave's. Was that dude? And I'll admit, 
I was not a fan of Brian Dable. When Brian Dable came through, I was like, mm, I don't know about that dude, man. I do not know about that dude. But over time, over time, you got a chance to develop your quarterback. You got a chance to get Allen his weapons, and Allen has become the Allen that we see today. Allen has become the front runner to be the MVP. Allen has become the Madden cover player. We haven't had a Bills player ever on Madden. Here comes Josh Allen. But that has to do with Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott putting the right people around to have these quarterbacks like Josh Allen develop. So when you have Josh Allen's development, you got you to gotta give kudos to, to Sean McDermott, putting the right people in the right places to develop him. We got Joe Brady on the squad right now. We got Aaron Cromer, offensive mind coach. We've got, obviously, we've got Ken Dorsey going into his second year. So it's one of those situations where you got you to gotta let these things play out because if we allowed fan reactions and fan emotions to make decisions, Brian Dable would have gone after year two. And we probably wouldn't have the Josh Allen we have today. So sometimes you just got to let things play out, let them fester, let them kind of work its way out, and we'll probably have a piece of art that is wonderful. It's just one of those situations, folks. Let me keep moving. So consistent improvement for Sean McDermott. We've got Josh Allen's development. Thirdly, strong leadership. Nobody can deny, nobody can deny the leadership that Sean McDermott brings right from the jump. And I'll give you an example of one strong leadership. And to me, it, it, it's, it's the little things that matter. When Sean McDermott got hired and he was doing his press conference, I don't know why I remember this, but I do. Every reporter that was asking him questions, he'd be like, um, Terrence Blanton would ask him a question, be like, hey, uh, coach, uh, why do you clap so much? Uh, thanks for that question, Terrence Blanton. Uh, here's why I clap so much, because sometimes I have terrible circulation in my hands, and I, I need to clap to get that circulation back. But thank you, uh, Terrence Blanton, for that question. Uh, EmpireBreeding.com from, from, uh, from blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just want to know, uh, how many hair follicles do you have on your head? Uh, EmpireBreeding.com. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the reason I bring this up is he would make he would make it a point to remember your name, answer your question, and move on to the next. I was like, okay, this guy's this guy's no joke. He's the real deal, right? Mark Hartle would ask a question, say, uh, "Hey man, I don't think you're a good coach. Everybody thinks you are, but I'm on to you, man. And if you don't bring a championship to this freaking team," I'm going to be on your ass. And he'd say, Mike, uh, Mark Hardo, I appreciate you, man. And uh, I've been seeing you in the chat and I've been seeing you in uh, asking questions. And uh, I really love your passion and I appreciate your question. Uh, go F yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he said, Mark Hardo, I got you. And we go. Mike, by the way, I love you, bro. You're my guy. But that, that was the one thing that stood out to me with, with McDermott. That, that leadership started right there. And then you could just see it. Guys would gravitate towards him. Guys would be on his, on his ass. You feel me? So, um, and you can see it right now. Look at the way these guys play for this dude, man. They love McDermott. That's their dude. He's a great leader. He's respected. And that's the thing, man. When your team loses respect for you, 
you're done. You're done. Let's just go back to the Jaguars when they hired that bum from college. He had that to, he was, he was, man, digging, he was digging for change, going to the bar and digging for change. You know what I'm saying? He's disrespecting players left, right, center. Yo, they had that brother out of there. But like, yo, man, I don't respect that, dude. You are never going to hear something disrespect Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott is that good dude. Now, is there something going on right now with potentially Stefan Diggs? Maybe. But it takes leadership from Sean McDermott to say, you know what? I ain't got to tell you what's going on. I'm going to sit down with my player. We're going to hash it out. We're going to be just fine, and we're going to keep it moving. We got to get back on the field. We start When we start winning, we'll be all right. So to me, strong leadership is a reason that, that McDermott got his extension. I think that's one of the biggest reasons he got it, because he's well-respected around the league. He's well-respected by his GM, and he's well-respected by the team. You got to bring him back for that. Number two, he's a defensive guy. Defensive guru he is. Right? He learned from the great Jim Johnson. He was, he was an excellent defensive coach for the Panthers. That's what got him hired for the Bills. The fact that he's, he's been around the league, he's had his successes, and it's just a matter of opportunity. And he nailed it. I mean, he came to the Bills, and he's, got to, he's turned this team around completely. And the defense has consistently been a top 10 defense. Top 10. Consistently. You're no, you know that the Bills are always going to have a good defense. Do you remember the days that the defense was some garbage? You had Keith Ellison as your freaking linebacker. You had uh give me, give me, you had Coe Simpson as your safety. Like, fam, we had we had some defenses on the squad, boy. We had Aaron Mabin coming around the bend, whiffing on everything, getting blocked and pancaked. Fam, if you go back and look at the what the what kind of team we had. What kind of leadership we had at the coach? At the, come on, man. Come on now. So you got to give it to him, man. He's got, this, he's got this defense humming. He's got this defense legit. The right pieces are on there, and he's got these guys galvanized and ready to roll. Always a consistent top 10 defense. You know that you're going to get that from a McNurick team. And last but not least, continuity. Continuity, man. The continuity that he brings to the squad is uncanny, man. It's about keeping these guys together. It's about not having a, a, a just like a, a roster of guys for a year or two. You're gone. You're coming back. You got to give it to these guys. These guys, they want to keep this core together because once you have a nice core together, you believe in one another, you, you know how each other, you play off of one another. I mean, look at Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis played together for quite some time, and they, they played off of each other excellent, really, really well. You got to give it to them. You got to give it to him, man. So shout out to, I love the LaShawn McDermott signing. I'm a big fan of it. I know there's some, some cons in there. But at the end of the day, to me, the pros outweigh the cons. Consistent improvement from this team. You've got your, your franchise quarterback developed and ready to lead this team going forward. You got strong leadership. And to me, I think that's the number one. You got strong leadership from, from McDermott. You got a big defensive guy, and defenses win. Listen, I, I listen. The the saying is, offenses get the the fans in the seats. Defenses win championship. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta play good defense enough to win these championships out here. You gotta put points on the board, but you gotta stop other teams as well. And I think that with a con 
a consistent top defense, we're not far. We just got to get over, you know what I'm saying, the little things, right? The time management. You got to get that a little better. You know what I mean? We got we to gotta turn it up a notch when we get to the playoffs. But I see big things for this team. Great signing, great extension. I, I'm, not, I'm not wavering whatsoever. Love the signing. Love the sign. Now, he got signed alongside of his boy, Brandon Bean. Now, most folks are going to say, you know what? That one I can see as to why we brought in Brandon Bean. Excuse me. Yeah, why we brought in Brandon Bean. Excuse me. Brandon Bean is, is he's a straight shooter. He tells you like it is. He's respected. Not a whole lot of people can tell you different that he was a bad dude. He keeps it real with his players. He tells you honestly what's going to happen. And you see the way he's constructing these damn contracts. He's a freaking contract wizard. That boy is a wizard. But let's start off with the negative when it comes to Brandon Bean. I don't have a whole lot of negative to say. I have to really kind of search for these negatives and kind of like look and really think about it. So let's talk about the, the cons when it comes to Brandon Bean as our team, our team's GM. Number one, some folks might say if you outside of the 2018 draft, is there is there anything that you could sit there and go, mm, yeah, he's that guy? Because we got Josh Allen and we we but thing is, in order to get Josh Allen, he had to maneuver. And this is the thing that most people dismiss. We were picking what 22nd, I believe, or 21st or 22nd in that draft year, 27 in 2018. What does he do? He jumps in, jumps down, trades Cordy Glenn, gets down to pick 12, and then moves and then makes some kind of deal with the Bucks and trades with the Bucks. And now we're at pick seven. You don't just get to that pick without having great relations with other GMs. You don't just get there without experience, how to maneuver, how to feel out what we can get how to move a piece that still has a lot of value that you just, you, you feel you can get better at. And that's exactly what he did. Cordy Glenn was a big time, like he was a big time player. And it was a big name. And the Bengals needed a freaking left tackle. So boom, we got rid of, we moved on from Cordy Glenn. And we picked up Josh Allen. Dude, you can't go wrong with that. And not only that, he doubles back and picks up Tremaine Edmonds. Two players in the first round. Boom. So you got to give it up. You got to give it up for the the draft, the draft that he did, he did in uh, in 20 for the Josh Allen draft, right? However, if you go to 29, you go to 2019, 2020, 2021. I mean, you pick up AJ Epinesa as your first pick. You're like, what? Really? Okay. I didn't see that one coming. Right? You had, uh, you, you pick up, uh, what do you call, uh, I'm trying to think of like all, all the, the draft picks that we've had on the this, on this squad. It's, it's just one of those situations where you're like, okay, other than picking up Josh Allen, I mean, you pick up Ed Oliver in the top 10 pick. Some, are, some right now are talking about, uh, we extended him? Really? Okay, I get it. Maybe there's 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 more meat to the potatoes. I see how you've constructed this deal, but a lot of folks were kind of surprised with the extension given to Ed Oliver. 
the drafting at, at, at Oliver. We needed it. We know we needed it. We needed an interior presence, but at 6'1", 285, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can question. So some draft, some draft blunders a little bit from Sean, from Brandon Bean. Absolutely. He's got some inconsistent moments in his, in his, in his, in his tenure as GM. That's number two, some inconsistencies when it comes to that. And, and more so when you, when you start thinking about it, where's my, I had my other phone because I was taking my notes. When it comes to the inconsistencies, just give me a second while I, while I pull this up here. You start looking at, like, for instance, the wide receiver room. Like, how, how do you go from, and, like, and this is the inconsistency part, but then it got better. You start bringing all these guys from the Panthers, right? You had uh, Brown brought from the Panthers. You had, uh, not John Brown, I think it was a Corey Brown. Corey Brown from the Panthers. You bring in uh, uh, freaking Kelvin Benjamin, right? And I'm just talking about the receiver room at this point, right? And you're like, okay, that's, that's odd. You bring all these big guys. No separation when you know your 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 receiver is a little inaccurate. Your quarterback is a little inaccurate. He's got to work on his accuracy. So you bring in guys that are wide spin. That didn't work out. So okay, weird. And then you the next year you bring in the small guys, and that's you found the formula that works, right? So that's just one part of the inconsistency where you went from here to here. But I like the adjustment to saying, okay, this didn't work. Let me try this. He goes there, but then you go. Let's go flip flip to the defensive side of the ball. You you go and bring in AJ Epinesa in the second round. Fine. And then you go back to back with Russo. And then you go boogie basher. I get it. Maybe you was your highest on the board. And and that was your best player available at, on your board. But then you look at it on hindsight, you'd be like, two defensive backs, two defensive linemen back to back. Okay. And right now, in my opinion. The way the rotation is going to happen this year, I think during camp, somebody's going to get traded. And I think that's going to be Boogie Basham. I think Boogie gets traded, barring any injury. I say he gets traded and we bring, and we pick up draft capital just because of the amount of depth that we have on the defensive line. We just brought in a guy from the Rams and Floyd. So, like, where does that leave Boogie Basham when Von Miller comes back? So, to me, this is one of those situations where we might see a trade happen and Boogie Basham might be the person that gets moved, right? So those are those inconsistencies that you're like, ah, Brandon B, that's kind of odd that you did that, but okay, fine, we'll play that game. It is what it is, right? So to me, those are the things that stand out, right? So you, you're, you're, you've got your draft misses, which is going to happen. You can't hit them all. you got your inconsistencies. I just named them, right? Have we improved? Like where, where if you were to look at the... Brandon Bean era, and there's one position room or one position group that you feel that just has not improved. It just has been whatever, right? Is there anything that stands out or a position group that stands out where you're like, you know what? This group hasn't hasn't improved one bit. It's just been the same mediocre group. Is there anything that stands out to you? And while you guys are talking about that, I got to go into the chat and uh, I saw a comment that was actually quite, quite interesting. If I can find it here. Um, oh, there's another one. Mark says the Cody Ford failed experiment, the white Teller trade, right? You guys know it. Hodges never making it to the 53 man roster. There's quite a few debacles from the BBB shoulder. No doubt about it. Now, the one thing I can say about that Hodgins 
Hodgins was supposed to be that guy. But Gabe Davis came out of nowhere and Gabe Davis started performing. So what do you do, right? Hodgins is nursing an injury. Gabe Davis is taking full advantage of his opportunities. And then at one point, it becomes a numbers game. But he's too good to keep off and stash, right? So you had no choice. But then at one point, you got to put him on the practice squad and then boom, he's snatched. That's what happens, right? But Gabe Davis came through and did what he was supposed to do. But those are the things, right? Cody Ford. Cody Ford drafted in the second freaking round. Bum. White Teller traded. Did we need to? But that White Teller trade turned into Matt Milano. Are you happy about that? Of course we are. So, like, we can mention that, but then we, would, we don't have a Matt Milano, right? So, it, it's, but it's fair to bring those things up because those are the things that, those are the things that stand out. Those are the things that stand out. So to me, when I look at this, this, this team, I look at the O-line. The O-line I'm, and the D-line, I'm like, okay, hold on a second here. Have they really improved? Have they really got to where we need them to be? But I'm more stick on the offensive line because what do we consistently see from Josh Allen year in, year out? Is him running for his life sometimes, running out of the pocket, right? And some people always talk about... But he might get hurt. He might do this. I mean, that's a that's part of his play style. He's been doing that since Wyoming. But my Wyoming also didn't have great linemen over there as well. So to me, this is where we we need more more consistency in building the O line, and you see that this year. And that's the one thing I love about Brandon Bean is he will try something, but if it doesn't work, he's going he's going he's going to scrap it and try again. But he will fix his mistakes. Cody Ford, it wasn't going to work out. You know what? I tried. I tried to put your right tackle. I tried that right guard. I tried your left guard. Yo, it's got, you got to go. And he's out, of, he's out of there. So that's one thing. He doesn't harp and try to hold on too, too long. And he lets him go. So to me, that, that's the one room. That's the one, that's the one room in that, in that, in that, on that team, that department, that I feel like we could get better. And this year might be the best O-line that we've put together in that regime. Right? Deion Dawkins on the left. We got McGovern that's going to be holding it down. We got, obviously, we have Mitch Morse. Spencer Brown is, is, is slotted for a big year. And Osiris Torrance is, is supposed to be that dude at right guard. So we'll see how this O-line plays out. It's going to be very nice to watch how they protect Josh Allen this year. We'll see. Right? So those are the, those are the cons that I could come up with, Brandon Bean. There's not a whole lot I can because I love Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean is that dude. Now, here... Here are the, the, the pros with Brandon B. Although I can talk about the drafting that he's done, that's been uh, kind of a little iffy, but he's also hit on some really nice depth piece drafts, right? Fourth round, Gabe Davis. Fifth round, Matt Milano. Uh, late round pick, uh, Teron Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, can, I can keep going. Like in terms of the depth pieces that he's got, he's... You mean you got Khalil Shakir, you took in a late round that should be having a big year coming forward. So so although we have we've missed some 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 some, some big ones, but we've also really hit in the middle of the draft. We've got some players on this squad that have really done a great job. Look at Dane Jackson, seventh round pick, and he's competing potentially to be starting corner. Also with with Kyrie Elam. Look at Christian Benford. Christian Benford. Is, is just a thorn in the side of Kyrie Elam. He ain't letting Kyrie Elam breathe because he's on his ass, man. 
So you got to give credit to Brandon Bean for the depth that he brings in on this team in terms of middle round drafts. You got to, you can't even hate. That's, that's, that's like his bag. He gets in his bag when it comes to that point. You got to give him, you got to give him credit, man. You got to give him credit. So shout out to Brandon Bean for that. Um, when it comes to that and let's, and, the, and this is, I think this is the biggest one, one of the biggest pros for Brandon Bean. Let's recap a little bit. So you got, uh, the drafting that he's got in middle of the draft. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go middle, middle draft picks because a, they don't cost as much and they're getting the job done. So in your rookie deal, you're getting the most out of these guys. So we're going to see what's going on, right? Salary cap management. Doug Whaley, although I love Doug Whaley and Doug Whaley had an eye for talent, he wasn't good with the books. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was paying brothers left, right, center. But at this point, he had no choice because Buffalo was not a destination to come and we didn't have a franchise quarterback. So sometimes you got to pay up. You got to give Marcel Darius his money. You got to give Mario Williams that money. You just had no choice. We weren't that, we're not the team that, you know what I mean, people were trying to come to. And now I remember when we signed Mario Williams, it was like a $100 million contract. We're like, damn. But you know what? It was necessary. And we got the most out of Mario Williams. He was legit. So to me, salary cap management from Brandon Bean is uncanny. This guy is legit, man. He, he will construct a contract that will have people say, holy crap, you give all that money? And then when you look at the details, you're like, oh, shit. Okay, I see what he did. A lot of incentive. And if he doesn't perform, he's out of here in a year or two. He's got an out. He cleaned up. He had to move on from Sammy Watkins. He had to move on from Ronald Darby. There's so many things he had to do in order to, to flip the script and get us back on track. And then we went nuts. We were signing brothers left, right, center because we had money. John Brown, welcome to the team. Cole Beasy, welcome to the team. We started bringing players on because of Brandon Bean's ability to move money around, do what he's got to do. The guy is just legit when it comes to the salary cap. That's his, that's his bag. That's what he does. Although, although um, Josh Allen's the next Brett Favre, what's up, man? Uh, Willie made our roster respectable. He certainly did, but he definitely had to pay up. And he did. he gave some contracts. So folks that may McDermott, sorry, McDermott, Bean would have said, I probably would have gave that contract, but I probably would have put an out clause in there somewhere. And where they probably didn't, he's like, yo, fully guaranteed, have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to me, that's the difference between both those GMs. I love Whaley. I was a big fan of Whaley. Whaley was, was given a situation where he had to build this team up and we, he had this team ready to roll. He had this team ready to roll. And Brandon Bean was just, you know what, let me, let me tweak a few things. And we are where we are. But we're not where we are without Whaley. But Brandon Bean has kind of elevated the game. But when it comes to that, drafting, middle round draft, Brandon Bean's that dude. Salary cap king, got it. Bad boys, he's nice like that when it comes to that, right? Free agency. I mean, let's talk about it, man. Von Miller, welcome to the squad. You know what I mean, he, he's got he's got players bought in. Puna Ford, welcome to the squad. I'm just kind of I'm talking about like you know recently, right? He goes out and trades for Stephon Diggs. Let's go. So if he's not drafting, he's trading. He's bringing players on. He's signing players. You know what I'm saying? He's luring players over here. 
he's got the Bills a very desirable team. It's a very desirable destination. You even got D-Hop kind of like, hey, I mean, maybe I'm going to Buffalo. Maybe I'm not. Who knows, right? This brother's got everything down pat. He is legitimate. This guy is, he's a solid GM. I ain't mad at that. Not one bit. So, middle round drafting, effective in free agency and making trades and trying to acquire players from other squads. And he's never done. He's always looking. I mean, look, we just signed Leonard Floyd to a legit deal. And Leonard Floyd is one of the better pass rushers out there. Yes, there's Yannick and Gakwe that was out there, but Leonard Floyd, you bring in a guy that played with Vaughn Miller, still, and he's got the last three years, he's got nine and a half, like 29 sacks the last three years or four years. Legitimate. That's Brandon Bean for you, baby. So that's that's the wonderful reasoning that I love that we gave that extension to Brandon B because I can see this team always being in contention when Brandon Bean's around. He ain't going to let this team look like a bum. There's no way, no how. No way, no how. And if he and if he's got a cut corner somewhere, he's going to get the best out of a very cheap deal from someone. He's always looking, looking under every rock. He's got that. All right. Effective in free agency and drafting, uh, excuse me, in, in free agency and trading for salary cap king, collaborative approach. And here's the thing, and I mentioned this earlier today. When you have a, a, a GM like Brandon Bean, Brandon, Brandon Bean, he's a team guy. He's a team guy because there are GMs that they operate on their own. They make the calls. They don't really involve their coaches. Some coaches are like, yo, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not privy to any of that stuff. I don't, he brings me the players and I just coach, right? I have my say, but he handles it all. But Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they work like this. This is why they got they both got brought back together because they work like this, right? Furthermore, obviously Pagula, Kim and Terry Pagula see something. They see the trending that how where this team is trending, and this team is trending upwards. I mean, if you look at it, we're still in contention. We're still one of the best teams. They still, this team still have us potentially as winning the Super Bowl. I think we should chill on that a little bit. But the fact of the matter is this, we're always still in conversation because of how this team is constructed. So with that said, the collaborative approach. You don't get trades like that. You don't get free agents to come to your squad unless you've collaborated and you've you've had great relationships with other uh agents with other i'm saying uh with other uh with other gms think about it when we how pissed was brandon bean when we signed or did we sign or we traded for mckissick right mckissick was supposed to come to a squad from the redskins the commanders at the time the redskins at the time the commanders right now and he u-turned he's like nah i'm good so as an agent you agree to this deal and you back out of it that's a terrible look. And Brandon Bean was pissed. And it's like, it's about relationships. And that agent screwed over a very respected GM. So you don't think that Brandon Bean has the power to be like, all right, that agent, I don't mess with that agent. And by the way, Brand, uh, hey, Joe Schoen, you remember what happened with that dude, right? You're not going to do business with that guy. Or you're going to watch what he does. So that collaborative approach that he has is great. Great with his head coach. Great with his, his, his owner, the owner of the team and great with his peers around the league. That's why we're able to construct the team that we have because you have a GM 
That's not wet behind the ears. He's actually legitimate. He's legitimate. He's got he's got he's got experience under his belt. So you got to give credit to Brandon B for that. And that's that's the beauty of having an experienced GM that he's got. He knows the way things work, the business of it. You got to, man. You got to look at that. And last but not least, and it's the same thing that I said about about our our guy uh, McDermott, continuity. Keeping the squad together, right? He could have easily told Jordan Poyer, we ain't going to bring you back, bro. We're gonna we're gonna work Benford in. I'm gonna try to bring Taylor Rapp. He's gonna he's gonna take over. Yo, you you're goner. You're good. But he's like, no, 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 no. I like the team that we have right now. We're gonna work it out. You come back and hang out with us, and we're gonna make this, we're gonna make this run. Come back through. So now he's thinking, I got two guys that play super well with each other. They play off of one another, and I don't gotta worry about that. So that back end is taken care of. Yes, they're a little older, but you know what? They're going to work their tails off and give me at least another year or two together. I'll bring that back. Trey White coming back is going to be better than ever. I'm hoping for it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I just really hope that he comes in and, and it's and it's sounding great. Everything that I'm hearing and reading is sounding that he's getting back to his old self. Bring it on. I love it, right? The defensive line, right? Von Miller going in, going to get... You know what I'm saying? Uh, Leonard Floyd, that's continuity. Bring something that, that works, right? A dynamic. So you have, he, he's he got that down pat, and I love that, right? Even the coaching staff. You don't see a lot of, you don't see a lot of, you know what I mean, turnover in the coaching staff. The coaching staff is still intact. I love that, man. This is great. So to me, that's, that's what stands out at the end of the day, right? So you've got your pros, you got your cons. And to me, this, this is a no-brainer. Kim and Terry Pagula, they nailed this one. You have a team that's going to stay together. You have a team that you know that they're going to put the best product on the field. It's all about finishing at this point. You got to finish. You got to do what you got to do. And uh, I think that uh, that works out very well. So to me, we'll see. We'll see where this team is going to take us, man. We'll see where this team is going to take us. It's just it's one of those situations. We could be like the Rams and go all the way in. And win the damn thing, and now you're you're struggling to kind of put a team together because you ain't got no money. You're, you're Robinson gone. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey gone. You just don't got the money. You don't got the bread to keep you know I mean that team together. But the result was winning a damn Super Bowl. But now you're paying for it. All that f them picks. Well, them picks are f'ing you. <laughs> you feel me? So I we don't we're not in that position. We're more in a position of like keeping things together, keeping things in sequence. And, and over time, we're going to get to where we need to get to. It's just a matter of time, baby. It's just a matter of time before we can make it and put it all together. That's what it comes down to. So um, those, those were my points on McDermott. Those are my points on, on excuse me, uh, Brandon Bean, McBean together. And I think it's a great signing. I think it's a great signing. So uh, shout out, shout out to the for bringing them on. And uh, we got ourselves uh, we got ourselves a tandem here, folks. So we're gonna move on to the next topic. Next topic, and I'm not gonna uh, spend too much time on it. But the next topic that we're gonna hit up is about this guy right here, Stefan freaking Diggs. How y'all feel about Stefan Diggs right now? In all, in all, in, in all honesty, 
when you it's it's hard because you look at what people are writing you look at what people are thinking their opinion on it you look at people that have people close to the situation whether true or whether not uh how do you guys feel about the whole stefan Diggs situation is this a big deal now that that time has gone by he's shown up to camp i'm uh, saying everything seems to be good all these all these handshakes being done all that stuff i think that's just for the pictures but it is what it is is it solved are we good here's my opinion on this this whole situation now that i've kind of like because i mean i thought a lot of it had to do with d hop it probably doesn't or maybe there's a little bit of it that has something to do with it some people are saying listen Everybody made this this little this little mountain into a what is it a mountain into a molehill a molehill into a mountain, right? That's very true as well. I think that we 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 really pushed this thing to like to depths where it's like that's not at all what this brother's thinking, right? Or what he's doing. But to me, <laughs> Kim Ben says, "Yo, stop the cap." <laughs> okay, Kim, I see you, girl. Uh, but really, really, let's talk about it though for real. And here's my thing, man. I think, and this is my opinion here, a little bit has to do with D-Hop, potentially. I still, I still feel that way. That's number one. Number two, it really comes down to, it really comes down to this, man. I think it's a respect thing. And, just, and now this is just me reading and looking at all the things and kind of put, trying to put two and two together. And, uh, you know what I mean, listening to podcasts and radio and all that stuff, it's a, it comes down to a respect thing. And if you remember this scene here where the hands are out and Diggs looks like he's having his words with Josh Allen. And this really does make sense. I don't know where I heard it from. Was it RG3 and Rich Eisen? I don't know. But I've heard so many stories and renditions of what they think, right? We all know that Josh Allen is competitive as they come. We also know that Stefan Diggs is as competitive as they come. At the end of the day, both these brothers want to win. But if I'm voicing my concern to you, saying, yo, what are we doing? Did you not see me? I don't know what's being said, by the way. Did you not see me? Like, why would you even look this way? Who knows what conversations they were had? But sometimes you've got to acknowledge one of the leaders on your squad. If another leader is checking another leader, figure it out together. But it seems as though when, when Diggs kind of put his concern as, yo, what's going on? We're not on the same page. It seems as though Josh may have dismissed, dismissed the whole this thing. So this is, you know me. Diggs is saying, you know me, I love you. I'm always going to love you. But brothers fight, brothers have disagreements, and brothers are supposed to get on each other. Yo, what are you doing? And Josh maybe didn't acknowledge it. Anyway, man. So then they don't really go to him on, the, on, on a last drive when you really need to hit your main player and you don't even look his way maybe one time. No wonder, no wonder Diggs left. He's like, yo, I ain't got nothing to say. Nice. I'm out of here. So is that the right thing to do? No. As a leader, 
You got to talk about it. You got to do it out. But if you ain't got shit to say that's nice, I'm out of here. And I also get that point too, right? So do they go all off season without talking to each other? It's obviously, it looks as though that might be the case. So the last interaction that we had was me doing this to you. And we didn't talk since. So I still got a whole lot to say. I still have a whole lot to to. I mean, and he did a lot of talking during the Super Bowl Super Bowl uh, appearance on Radio Row. He was having he was having conversations left, right, center, right. And if you read through what was happening, these challenges and these problems were being had pretty much after Week Nine. It just wasn't the same. And I guess there wasn't enough there wasn't enough adjustment. And especially when we get into the playoffs, where we're supposed to be lockstep. We weren't, and then we get blown out. So was there distractions along the year? Of course there was. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. But I think that I, I think that at one point when you disrespect a man or he felt not, not heard or not listened to, he's going to feel some type of way. And I think McDermott had, a, had something to play with this. Josh had something to do with this. And you, Josh said with his own words, I got I to be better with this. What were Josh's words? I got to be better. There's things I can do better internally, internally working on things. I got to hear, you know what I mean? We got to hear him out. And, and those are the things that stand out. So if you really just look at it at face value, it's like, yo, Josh is like, yo, I have to, man. I didn't listen to him. He was trying to talk to me and I was, I was in my feelings. I had external shit going on and I'm trying to make a play and I didn't even just, I dismissed him and I got to be better. And I didn't realize I did that until he told me, yo, man. We haven't talked since, and you didn't even reach out. You didn't do. I'm, 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 I'm speculating here, by the way, but like that potentially could be based on what Josh is saying. He probably be like, yo, you didn't reach out, you didn't do sit, and we lost twenty seven ten, and like, yo, aren't you pissed? Aren't you, you too busy do? So Josh is like, you know what? My bad. I was locked in. I wasn't as locked in, and you know what? Yeah, I missed that. So you know what? This year we're gonna get that. My bad, and maybe that's why second day. <laughs> all these hashes happening because they they hashed it out. But he probably has a little something for McDermott too because McDermott probably dismissed him too or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's all speculation. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all speculation. It is what it is. So at this point, what matters to me at the end of the day is that these two are chilling. They straight. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing really popping. I mean, off, I think a lot is to make, they're making nothing into something. And they'll get it on and they'll get get it popping. And then we'll be back to we'll be back to doing things, right? I don't think I don't think it's as big. I think it's one of those things where I need to vent. I haven't had a chance to vent all off season. And I'm gonna talk to my bros and we're gonna make it happen. And for me to get the message across, I'm gonna miss first practice. And I'm be heated. We're gonna have our stuff. And McDermott was like, yo, you ain't gotta come to practice. You're too heated for this. You can go home. Because McDermott sent them home. He did his physical. And it was like, yo, I think it's best that you go home and then we can do this thing tomorrow. John Robert just said it, man. Family disagreements. It happens, man. I just had a conversation with my cousin today. We we chat. There are there are there are things that I disagree with. There's are things that there's thoughts that he has, and we hash it out. We're brothers. We're all we're always gonna be like that. But we gotta you gotta let each other know how we feel. As men, get it out, get it off your chest, and let's go. And I think that's that's what it was, man. I think what happened was Stefan Days needed to say it with his chest. And he did. 
He said it with his chest, and away we go. You know what I'm saying? It's done. So to me, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, I don't think he's going to go anywhere else other than what we saw the last few days. And then we keep it rocking, and we keep it moving. We got too many damn things to to hap- for for things to happen this year for this little petty nonsense to keep po- keep keep popping off. So they'll get their shit together. Allen will get to Allen, do Allen things, and then we keep it rolling. That's it. And then once we get to win one, win number two, win number three, win number four, then we're four and zero. We ain't got to talk about. It. Although I think we're gonna lose the first game. We're definitely gonna lose the first game to the Jets. Uh, I can't say we're definitely, but I think I think we'll lose the first game to the Jets. And then by week six, we're still gonna be one of the top dogs in the league. And away we go. It's gonna be tough, but we're gonna make it work. You know what I'm saying? So this Diggs and, and Allen thing, yo, hash it out, get it together, and let's keep it moving. That's it. There's nothing else to talk about. Let's keep it moving, man. <laughs> Rico, somebody said, you're Rico, you gotta have faith. I do have faith, man. I, th- I have faith that they're just gonna get it together and they'll be straight. But I wonder if you're saying have faith in us losing to the Jets. I still think we lose to the Jets in the first one. <laughs> I still think we lose. But anyway, uh, that's that's the way that's the way I, I see I see things with the, the whole dig situation. Um, so other than that, that that's it. That's 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 my gist on it. Is it going to go any further than that? Doubtful. Winning cures it all. That's it's always been a, a sports mantra. You win and masks and clears everything. But I don't want us going into this season with with some bullshit in the backfield because. If we start losing, boy, oh boy, is that going to get loud? Boy, oh boy, is that going to be a problem? But you know what? This is a winning franchise now. So all we do is put wins together, stack wins together, and let's roll. It's going to be a tough. The AFC East is always going to be tough. We'll see how it plays out, man. <laughs> GW says, yo, Rico's scared of the Jets. <laughs> I, uh, yo, the Jets, the Jets are a scary team. The Jets are a scary team, man. I can't even front. I'm not even going to sit here and, 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 and lie to y'all and say, oh, I ain't scared of the Jets. Man, the Jets are a scary team, man. And now that they have a quarterback, they got a good head coach, they got a GM that knows how to build and put some, some ro- the roster together, it's a team that you, we got to pay attention to. Now, there are some, some, some guys out there talking a whole lot of mess that I, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too keen on. Like, the Jets are going to win this whole thing. Let's calm down a little bit because I, I see I see people. I see some guys talking greasy like that. I think we should uh, pump the brakes a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But the one thing that I will say, though, the one thing that, that I will say, I saw James Jones talking about this and James Jones. I've never been a big fan of James Jones as an analyst. I'm just there's something about James Jones. I'm just like, eh, he's I right. I don't hate the man. He's cool and all. But there's there. He's got some biases and they show. Right. And. My man uh, Shady had to check his ass and be like, yo, 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 you need to chill out. So I'm going to play you the audio if I can find the audio for y'all and, and let that play out with, uh, James, uh, with James Jones talking. Hear, hear me out. Hear this out. What you think about this? Right? And you start off with the Jets the very first week, right? It's problems in Buffalo. They are not the top dog in this division no more. It is the Jets. It is AR8. And the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots are coming. But Buffalo Ooh, wait, wait, is Jets, in said the Jets trouble. The Jets is the top. So James Jones has already claimed the Jets is the top dog and this, that, and the third, right? And Shady's like, hold on a second now. 
Hold on, man. Relax. Hold on, say. Let me check your ass for a minute, real quick. Dog, and this is everything that's going on in Buffalo. It ain't even about this. You about everything that's going on. You know what? I think that they're gonna have a good year. I seen him play for twenty years. He's talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's what's gonna change. Different uniform. I mean, he didn't play good last year. I like turnovers. You can already see the bias. You can already see the bias because he's like, yo, man, I play with. And I like James. James Jones as a, as a receiver was legit. I liked him. He's a solid player. Nice contributing player. But James Jones been he been he been on that nonsense, man. Like they there's some there's some teams that I mean so there, there's some analysts out there that I truly believe hate the Bills. I think they hate the Bills because of the hype that the Bills get or the recent hype that they get and how quickly the Bills have risen, and they don't like it. James Jones, when he was in the league, the Bills were garbage. So he looks at the Bills still being that garbage team. And the fact that they've risen to where they're at, he's not about it. He's like, man, they're still the same old team. I, I ain't buying it. And I play with Joe. I play with, with Aaron Rodgers. I know what he's about for 20 years. I've known this man for 20 years. He's that dude. And the Jets beat the Bills last year. He's right. But he's got an extra mm, for the Bills. You feel me? So... Shady was like, nah, I ain't gonna let that slide, bro. I ain't gonna let that slide. Let me let me check your way. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I like A-Rod. All I'm saying is that for you to say that they're the top of that division, like they ain't even, you don't know what they look like yet, though. We don't even know what they look like. We don't know what they look like. And you know what? We thought the same thing when the when the when freaking Russell Wilson went to uh the Broncos. We're like, oh shoot, watch out for the West. The AFC West is gonna be killer. Oh, that's the that's like the the, the division of death, right? If for those that that that, that uh, play attention to it's soccer, when you when you see a division of death, that's like it's tough. You got three great teams, four great teams in one division. Golly, that's what I thought the AFC West was gonna be like. But like, come on now, James Jones just just sounds like a hater, and I don't like calling analysts haters because like they're just speaking their opinion. Keyshawn Johnson, he's the ultimate Bills hater. This, and I like Keyshawn Johnson because he has some really good thoughts on. On certain things, but when it comes to the Bills, he don't respect the Bills one bit. Because when he was in the league, the Bills were buns. It was the Buffalo Bun Bills because they were buns. They were they were no good. So Keyshawn Johnson, that's all he sees. He he can't get past that the Josh Allen led Bills are actually a legitimate team. Some of these analysts, former players, refuse to give love to the Bills, and James Jones is one of them. Man, he's he's just acting like a punk hater right now. Him and Keyshawn, if you put those two together, yo, they would hate on the Bills all day. They would. Bunch of hating ass, man. Shady was like, nah, bitch, I'm going to check your ass, man. You better hold this hold this. L you know, Aaron, I don't know what they you look know like. You know they split with the Buffalo Bills last year with Zach Wilson. All, all I'm saying, for you to say they're the top dog, we got to see them play still. That's all I'm saying. You got to see them play still. Bro, you because for, for Aaron Rodgers playing, and you add play, Aaron Rodgers. Playing that offense. With, um, what's the offensive coordinator name? Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. He's been there with him. His no best years. So, but some other dudes haven't. So it's a it's a first year for them. And that's why it starts so off. All, with all, all I'm saying is let's see what happens. That's what I'm saying. No let's doubt, see. No doubt. I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to do good. But right now, we don't how know. they rolling. Oh, they, they, they rolling quick, with the Bills. Though. Now I have seen this before. One thing about the quarterbacks that I think as players we 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 hate to understand or realize is that they run the show. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Josh might not be as vocal about things. No, but but they're going to follow what Josh said. 
you have a superstar wide receiver, we're going to get him out of there. We're going to get somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because they want to keep their quarterback. Quarterback's going to play for... No, no. You know what I'm saying? So they got to figure it out because if not... It's going to be bad. Stefan, you've seen the, the, the life in the world without Josh Allen. And it wasn't pretty. You get what I'm saying? Come pretty. on. And that's, that's a great point. And I, I don't know if it's gone over a lot of people's heads, but like... A lot of people talk about, yo, he's a diva. He's going to mess this up. He's going to X, Y, Z. No, no, no. He's played... With with Kirk Cousins, he's played with uh, uh, who's a uh, Case Keenum. He knows what an average or a decent quarterback can play, and he knows what an elite quarterback. Sometimes you you don't want to mess up your bag because right now he's got it good. Stephon Diggs has it good. He just has to figure things out with his boy. He's got to figure things out because I'll tell you right now, if he wanted nothing to do with Buffalo. And wanted nothing to do with Josh Allen, he would not have signed his extension. He would not taken that extension. He would have just played out his contract and said, "I'm out. I ain't signing with y'all. I, I have no intention of signing with y'all. Y'all want to franchise tag me? It's gonna cost you a lot." He could have did all that, but he's like, "No, I want to be here. I believe in Josh Allen. I believe in this team. We can win here. We could definitely win here." And you got this bozo, John <laughs> James Jones, talk about some junk. AFC East belongs to the damn Jets. Yo, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. The Jets are good. Their Jets are solid. Will they Will they match us? Absolutely. Will they take one from us? They will. But pump the brakes, boy. We still, we still, we still got it. Don't, don't, come Shady, on now. Shady, it, it ain't no fixing, right? We, oh, no, well, I'm we, optimistic. We, I'm optimistic that they, they fix I it. I understand that. I like Buffalo. But what I'm come saying on, is, is you already done got 480. You should be optimistic. You should be more optimistic. You told me that that press is good as Josh Allen. And so you, you, you're the most optimistic person I ever met. It, it, he, <laughs> this is, this is what I like about Shady. I don't, listen, they talk about Shady going to undisputed with, with Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless would eat Shady alive. He just would. Because Skip, Shady is great for, for like a big panel where he can kind of jump in and jump out and kind of zing you and come back out. And I'm probably underestimating him. I'm probably underestimating. But Shady, Shady don't go let you, you, because he's, he's a, he's, he's one of those cats where like he can, he can jaw with you, he can jaw with the best of them. I mean, as, as a, as an athlete, an elite athlete, and you've been the best everywhere you've gone, you could talk shit with the best of them. And he's like, yo, how are you going to talk about the, 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 the Jets are going to win and they're going to be the top dogs when you're talking about Dak Prescott is as good as Josh Allen? Man, shut your ass up. I'm not even going to even, I'm not even going to listen to anything you got to say, especially if you're going to put Dak Prescott and Josh Allen together. Boy, please, man. I didn't, I didn't want to hear nothing. You put them he in is, the same boat. Right? They about- both got kicked out of the playoffs oh, because of the way they played. One guy's, the a, team. One, guy, yeah. one guy's a top five dude. I- they both got kicked out of playoff. Boy, if you don't stop that mess, if you don't stop that mess, see this is what I'm talking about. These this is hating shit. That's hater stuff. That's that's you just being straight hater. They both got kicked out of the playoffs. What please, man? Knock that shit off, right? <laughs> Was not the other one will never be a top five. Dude. And one of them, and both of them ain't ever been to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Lane. All that stuff, that's and one of them led thing. the league in turnovers. It is a team thing. That's why both we going out. We will see. <laughs> It's so lame. See, that's that's what that's you being a hater. You're not even talking about. See, he's not even talking about. He's talking about Josh Allen. One of them led the league in turnovers. Dak Prescott led the lead in interceptions. Ja- Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions. You be talking about led the league in turnovers, but you have a top five quarterback being one of them, and Dak Prescott 
has a lot to freaking prove in Dallas right now. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if you don't get the, if you don't turn things around, they they're gonna be looking elsewhere. The Bills will not be looking elsewhere when it comes to Josh Allen. I can tell you that right now. Golly. <laughs> it's so hilarious, man. I swear, these dudes just hate. They just absolutely hate the Bills. Keyshawn Johnson is the absolute, the biggest Bills hater I think I know. I, I swear, I think he's got to be the biggest Bills hater. And if if you can find me one that hates on the Bills as much as Keyshawn Johnson does, find it and show me. Because if you listen to Keyshawn Johnson, boy, that boy, again, he ain't got nothing nice to say about Josh Allen. I'm going to tell you that right now, man. It's just, it's just what it is. But that's, that's Keyshawn Johnson for you. That's Keyshawn Johnson for you. It is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, man, so Nick Wright. Nick Wright is one of those guys. He's just, he knows how to play to play to the Bills fans, right? It's just what it is. It's, that's, that's for good TV. Colin Coward, Colin Coward is no different. And I don't think Nick Wright actually hates Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? But he happens to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. And Josh Allen is chasing Pat Mahomes. I mean, we can call it what you want, but Josh Allen is chasing Pat Mahomes. Right now, Pat Mahomes is up 2-0, 2-0. And I'm talking about Super Bowls. So guess what? Not only is Josh Allen chasing, I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys chasing Josh Allen, but Josh, uh, Pat Mahomes, but Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, there's that thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like Brady, it's like Brady freaking um, Brady Manning-ish. You feel me? So, when Nick, if Nick Wright was a, a team, like I mean, his favorite team was the, the Colts, he'd have a very different view on looking at Pat Mahomes and looking at, at Josh Allen, right? But because he's a Chiefs fan and he knows that Josh Allen's come for his team, it's just one of those things, man. <laughs> and so I don't think Nick Wright actually hates Josh Allen. I don't think he does. I think he just does it for TV. But a guy like Keyshawn, Keyshawn just there's an extra oomph. That he has for the for the Bills and Josh Allen. It's just he 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 doesn't he has no love for those cats, man. He's got no love for them, man. So uh let me just I just want to see some just to kind of give you guys an idea of how he feels about Josh Allen. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that uh, even comes up. It may or may not, but anyway, it is what it is. But anyway, folks, um if you guys have any questions, concerns, uh, and topics that I may have missed on. This is your chance to, to hit me up right now and uh, and go from there, folks, and go from there. I see the chat is popping right now. I see Mike. Mike is making friends in the chat. <laughs> Mike, man, you got to be ch- – you got to chill out, Mike. Chill out, Mike. I love Mike. Mike's my guy, man. But, uh, yeah, man, that's just, a, that's just what – it's just what it is, boys. It's just what it is. What's up, Jessica? Jessica says the Colts have more AFC East titles than the Jets. Ooh, look at you, Jessica, pulling out a nugget. Pulling out a nugget like that. Um, let me see. My man, uh, Josh Allen says, uh, can't wait to see Allen torch the Jets. Jones really wants that smoke. All here, all I hear is uh, Allen hears everything. That's right. He does. Uh, people got to stop. Allen has stared down the best from Mahomes and Airhead and was that dude. Dude, man, that game is still is still something, man. But uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say this, man. Josh, Josh Allen and the Bills have quite a lot of pressure on them uh and and that goes for that goes for mcdermott as well and in my opinion and i'm gonna gonna button this thing up sean mcdermott is deserving of this extension 
but I would have waited. Now, the rumor has it that this contract extension for both these players, they've been uh they've been in uh they've been in the works for a while actually. It's been pretty much set. It was just a matter of when they actually did it. So, this has been set in stone. But for me, because this year is a pretty big year, especially for where McDermott is and where Josh Allen is and where this whole team is, I want to see I want to see, and here, let me put it this way. This is this is sound by shit. I want to see what McDermott, I would have loved to see what McDermott would have dealt with this season with no extension, right? Have a little hunger. Have a little hunger knowing that shit, my ass is going to be on that seat and it's probably going to be hot if I don't get something rolling with these boys. I know my, my owner loves what I do. I know my GM loves what I do, but I got to prove it to myself motivation that's one way of looking at it and i would and i think fans would have loved to see that too because you got a little hunger so if you have a trash year and you don't manage this well it's gonna be a problem because now the the rumblings will get a lot louder into roars and it's not gonna be a good one they ain't gonna be roaring and clapping for your ass you know what i'm saying they're gonna be clapping at you so that's one way of looking at it the other way of looking at it is you get him that extension, and the pressure is relieved. It's taken off. So now I can kind of, all right, I got that out of the way and behind me. Let's roll. I'm just, I'm, I'm more focused than ever. And that's what contracts will do to people. Contracts can do two things. Either it gets you lazy and says, yo, I got my money. I'm chilling. Or I got my money. People are looking at me. I got way more on my plate right now. I got to prove my worth. Let's go. So there's two ways you can look at it. And to me, I would have waited because I wanted I want to see a little more a little more hunger from Josh from excuse me from McDermott because he's the one that's going to be calling plays this year, so he's got a lot on his freaking plate. I want to see it, but Pagula's like no 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 we're gonna get that out of the way contract done, you guys are here for the long haul, get it done do what you need to so that kind of takes the pressure off of McDermott so now he can get like okay let me let me get that out of the way and let's go so. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm good for the extension. I'm very good for the extension. But at the end of the day, winning is what matters. And winning the championship at the end of the day is what matters. So whatever you got to do to win the championship, bring it to me. But I trust the direction this team is going into. And that's what pretty much the Pagulas are saying. I trust the direction this team is going to. I trust that you guys have got this team on, on, on track. Let's roll. And that's the way I look at it, man. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, my girl Jessica Tennis says, Yuriko, if you like Nuggets, going back to the AFL days in the AFC East, the Oilers are tied with the Jets for division titles at four. Damn, you killing with the Nuggets, man. Let me dip my Nuggets in the sauce because you saucing them up right now, girl. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, somebody brought up, was it uh, New Mexico? New Mexico wants me to bring up the... Yo, Rico, they both need to be Tyreek slapped. <laughs> yeah, they'll get their act together. They'll get their act together. I mean, the thing is, these guys are going to have to make, the Bills have to make guys like Keyshawn and James Jones respect them. We do well again. We do well in the, in the, in the regular season. And then when we go to where it matters, we choke. We don't, we don't perform the way we're supposed to. So that's what make these haters talk like Keyshawn Johnson. My man John says, uh, yeah, but Rico, Keyshawn wrote uh, one of the best racist books called Wayne Crabetta. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, 
Keyshawn, Keyshawn is, is something else, man. Keyshawn is give me the damn ball, Johnson. That was his name growing. That was his name uh, when he was playing for the Bucks, right? Give me the freaking ball. Like you know who I am. Give me the ball. That's that's the epitome of diva when it comes to receiver. But it is it is what it is. So um, yeah, man. If you guys want topics for me to hit, this is the time. This is like the closing time um, for me right now. And uh, let's uh, let's make that let's make that happen, man. Jessica, Jessica, give me. She's dropping nuggets on me right now, so I love that. Appreciate you, Jessica. Always. But yeah, man. So uh, at this point. Let me kind of hit some things from around the league and kind of, you know I mean, and and the show a little bit. I know fantasy. I don't know if you guys are starting fantasy soon. Hey, would you guys like me to do a fantasy show? Just curious as to what you guys think about that. Cause I'm I'm big into fantasy. I love fantasy. I've never actually hosted a true fantasy show. I talk about it here and there. But if you guys are interested in fantasy talk and where to draft players and so on and so forth, I might dive into that. I'm actually kind of really interested in that type of stuff too. So I might drive into that. So uh, let me know how you guys feel about that. If uh, if that that interests you, uh, let's let's do that, man. Uh, what do we got? I got my man Mike Denisco. Denesco, what's up, Mike? Mike says, Yo, Rico, do you think that the new stadium will make Buffalo an even bigger destination for star free agents? Uh, you know what? I think it plays a small part in it. I don't think it plays a big part. Um, if you if you if you're a bum team with an amazing stadium. Like the Arizona Cardinals have a pretty nice stadium. I ain't going over there for the damn stadium. I don't give a damn about no damn stadium. Can y'all ball? Are y'all nice? I like the weather. But like stadium has really nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying these guys will come as long as I got a quarterback that can keep me in. I got a running back that can play. Let's roll. Let's roll. But other than that, I don't think I think I don't think the 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 stadium has anything to do with it. That's just a bonus. That's just a little icing. Yo, I'm going to a team that's legit, and they're going into a new, a new stadium. Yo, let's roll, man. But guess what? You're still in the you're still in the in the, in the city of Buffalo. It ain't Las Vegas. I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I don't think the play of the stadium has anything to do with it. I, th- I think it's very minimal, a minimal reasoning behind it. Uh, let's see what's going on around the league for us to talk about that's relevant enough. Uh, let's see here. So, how, you know what's what's I'm I'm seeing a lot of uh, I'm seeing a lot of this is going on right now. Somebody said, "Yo, I see you trying to grow the beard." <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something, man. I can't grow a beard for the life of me. Like this, the goatee's been here since I was like like thirteen, fourteen. I've I've always been able to grow a beard. However, However, I haven't I haven't been shaving at all. I've been just letting the thing just go. I want to see for myself if I can grow facial hair on the sides because I've always been a pretty baby face. You know what I'm saying? No acne. I've always been a smooth skin. However, I was like, uh, when we when we couldn't get haircuts when the pandemic was happening, and you know what I mean, COVID is all over the place. Barber shops were closed, so we had to rough it out. So when we were roughing it out. I started growing this little patchy stuff in my shit. I'm like, oh shit, I can I can actually see some stuff here. I'm like, let me let it roll. We're gonna let it roll. And we let it roll, we let it roll until a little something something is on my cheek. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna roll with it and keep it going. My brother, my brother grows a beard and he goes, uh, fam, you gotta shave it so it grows grows more. And I'm like, nah, I ain't doing it because if I shave it, it ain't coming back. <laughs> 
it took me a while. This is like COVID. This is like residual of COVID. So I'm gonna just keep. I'm gonna keep it rolling. And how how pathetic is that? A residual of COVID. <laughs> but I'm gonna keep it rolling. My barber was like, "Yo, man, let's just let's just fuck with it, man. Just just line it up. Let's see what it looks like." And here we are. <laughs> I'm gonna take it, man. People are like, "Yo, man, get rid of that shit." I was like, "No, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it." My wifey's like, "Yo, I don't care. Keep it. Don't keep it. It's cool." And guess what? You guys, you guys don't mind. And I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. If you guys think I'm all right with it, man, I'm gonna keep it rolling. If you're like, yo, you look like a clown, man, get rid of that shit. Maybe I might consider. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I got a problem, man. I gotta bring this up before I get out of here. They are disrespecting Josh Jacobs. Give that brother a damn deal. Like, I cannot for the life of me understand what's going on, fam. Jane, you got you got Dalvin Cook, which is a nasty running back. You got Zeke, which is a, a good back. And some might say that he's he's on the down the down spiral of of his career. So be it. But like you know what I got, listen man, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Let me just find my shit and I gotta get out. I gotta. I have to get this off my chest because I really it's really bugging me. It's really bugging me. So hang tight while I I look for my my sit on my chest because I got I got something to get off my chest. Man. I got All right. This whole running back situation that's happening right now, it's it's actually really it's it's bothersome to me, right? Because they they work these running backs to the core in their first five years, which makes the sense. I'm not taking it away from it, but I'm gonna tell you right now, man. The Hall of Fame, if you look at the Hall of Fame and the way this league is playing out, every other position is gonna have an opportunity to make the Hall of Fame. The running back position is the only one that's not going to be able to make the Hall of Fame. Because if you look at what running backs are in the fame right now, in the hall right now, these guys have 10,000 yards or more. 10,000 yards or more, unless you're, you're Jim Brown and, you know I mean, Gale Sayers that, you know what I'm saying, like we're way back in the day. And, you know I mean, injuries took them away and the game was different then. But the game today... You're never going to see a Hall of Fame running back going forward. Like the 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 Adrian Peterson will make it. Frank Gore will probably make it. Uh, who else is in that in that realm that's going to make it? That's like a little a little in that in that player's time, right? Those are the next guys that are up to make it. After that, that's it. These guys they they move on from you after years after like Saquon Barkley's being disrespected. They don't want to give him a, a deal, and he's one of the best in the league. Like, come on, son! Like, you ain't gonna see no more running backs. They're disrespecting the running backs like you wouldn't believe. Disrespecting, and now that's it. So the 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 last one that's gonna make it is probably gonna be Adrian Peterson, and that's it. And Frank Gore. Those are gonna be the last guys that enter the hall, and you ain't gonna see another running back make it. It's a wrap because after five years of service, they're already trying to move on from you and go to the next running back. How are you supposed to accumulate statistics enough to get into the hall? Because you get into the hall by, by gaining 10, 11, 12,000 yards, but they don't give you that opportunity because they move on from you after four or five years. They're moving on to the next guy. Not only that, it's a two-back society now. Two backs. Like, even now, you're looking at King Henry. 
You do you think that do you think that Derrick Henry's gonna make the Hall of Fame? Honestly, do you think that Derrick Henry's gonna make the Hall of Fame? As good as he's been, probably not. He they're gonna put him in the Hall of Very Good, but he didn't do it long enough. Injuries took took uh, took took toll, right? So now there's no point. So like for for now, it's gonna be when these running backs come in, they're just gonna be like, yo, just pay me now, pay me now. Because you, I, I'm probably not going to make it to my second contract because you guys are going to get rid of me in my second contract. So, like, it's, it's like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. So, you got Dalvin Cook right now. You got Zeke Elliott right now. And, and you got Josh Jacobs. You got Saquon Barkley. Like, they're all getting screwed. They're all getting screwed. And it sucks because it's the nature of the business. But they're all getting screwed. Juan Casillo says, yo, Derrick Henry is going to be a Hall of Fame. You think he's going to be a Hall of Fame? Let me tell you what's in the Hall of Fame. Because, like, what, what makes Derrick Henry a Hall of Famer? Honestly. Let me see what Derrick Henry right now, his, his statistics right now. So, Derrick Henry has 8,000 yards rushing in his career. Is that Hall of Fame good? He's got 78 touchdowns and 8,300 8, yards rushing. That's not Hall of Fame numbers. Sorry. He's good. He's excellent. But that ain't no Hall of Fame number. You want to you like look at all the guys, the running backs in the in the in the Hall of Fame. You're not going to get any of those guys in there. Josh Jacobs is a damn good running back, and the Raiders are playing game. Pay that brother, man. Pay him. He's going to give you, give him three years guaranteed, because he'll give you three years of great great. If you don't want to give him, if you don't want to give him that, a long term deal, give him three years guaranteed. Do whatever. But these guys are all getting all getting disrespected, and I hate it. And the point I'm trying to make is this. They will never be another running back hit the freaking Hall of Fame going forward. That's just, it's just not, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, you guys, like, you have Thurman Thomas in there. You got Daniel Tomlinson. You got, you got, uh, you name them, right? It's like, I just, it's just, it's just nuts to me. It's just, oh, man, it just drives me nuts. But anyway, that's, that's my, that's my thing. Going forward, you ain't going to see no more running backs in the Hall of Fame. It's not happening. They give you four or five years of service, and then they're done. That's it. It's a wrap. So it's going to be the receivers making the Hall of Fame. It's going to be the quarterbacks. It's going to be the old linemen. It's going to be the defensive linemen because of the sacks they bring. You're going to see the linebackers. Even linebackers is a little iffy now. But linebackers, you're going to see them. Corners, safeties, that's it. Running backs, that's the one position you ain't going to see any 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 second contract say if you're lucky if you get a second contract nowadays and if they do they're trying to they're trying to pin you down to a five-year deal a five excuse me a five million dollar deal six million dollar deal come on now and you know what listen bell bell tried to he tried his luck in trying to get as much money as possible and it didn't work out for him because he lost money McCaffrey is the one that's getting paid right now but now he's in a two-back system it's crazy man Love, I love it, but right now the the last the last inductee to the Hall of Fame is probably going to be Frank Gore and and Adrian Peterson. That's it. Call it a day. You ain't going to ever see no damn running back in the in the Hall of Fame ever again. The way that the way they're disrespecting the running back position it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And I like Derrick Henry, but he ain't no Hall of Famer. By the time his his career is done, said and done with, he ain't no Hall of Famer. If he can put, and he's probably going to be the closest to getting it because the threshold is to get that ten twelve thousand. 
You want to get 12,000 yards rushing. That's what you want to get. Shady is on the cusp. That's why Shady was trying to get to that, 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 that number. Because that's the number that you need to get into the Hall of Fame, right? And Shady right now, that's why he was trying to, to do everything he could to make it work. Shady is not in. I'm telling you, I love Shady to be in, but he's not in. He's not in. He's on the cusp. He's on the cusp. But we'll see. So right now, Shady's at 11,000 yards rushing. 11,000 yards rushing. Another strong another strong year for Shady. If he gave you another 1,000 yards, he would have put him at 12,000 yards. He would have been in. 12,000 yards is that is that where you want to be. But other than that, that's it, man. You ain't going to see it. What's Adrian Peterson at? Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson right now? 12,000. He's got how many yards? How many yards rushing? Let me see my man, Adrian Peterson. Where you at, bro? So, yeah. Frank Gore, 15,000 yards, 16,000 yards. He's in. Frank Gore, I don't know. I don't know how Frank Gore was able to do all that stuff, man. But Frank Gore is in. You can't keep Frank Gore out of that and not look at his statistics. I can't believe it myself, really. It's unbelievable. 37 carries, 3,700 carries for 16,000 yards. Golly, Frank Gore, man. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable, Frank Gore. 16,000 yards. <laughs> and he ain't the fastest. He ain't the strongest. But boy, oh boy, man, 16,000 yards, 81 touchdowns. That's incredible. That is incredible. Adrian Peterson. I want to see what Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, almost 15,000 yards. He has 14,900 yards. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Who's next? Shady's at 11,000. Josh Urich says, yo, Shady should make it just for having 10K. He's like the cusp player. He's the one that's like, he's, he, he could be in. It's, it's just, it's, it's really close. Marshawn, no. I don't think Marshawn makes the, Marshawn makes the, uh, the Hall of Fame. He's at 10,000 yards. 10,000 yards, 85 touchdowns. That ain't going to cut it. He's, he's going to be in the Hall of Very Good. And that's, that's what a lot of players say. Hall of Very Good. Shady McCoy. I just want to see how many touchdowns Shady McCoy has. Shady McCoy, he's at 11,100 11, yards, and he's got 73 touchdowns. Closest one that he's going to get it. Nobody else. It's, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> my man said, uh, Rico, you're putting too much stock in yards alone. Gore was never a top running back. While a guy like Henry that you said isn't, has multiple rushing titles. You're right about the rushing titles, but if you don't have longevity, because Hall of Fame is, is you got to give somewhat longevity, and you have to, you got you to gotta change the game. Has Derrick Henley changed, changed the game? Maybe a little bit, being a big back, but it's not like we've never seen big backs before. Eddie George. Eddie George was a big back. Dude was like 6'3". Let me see my, my, let's see the stats from Eddie George. Eddie George, in his career, 10,000 yards. He's at 10,000 yards for his career and 68 touchdowns. 
Is he a Hall of Famer? No, sir. So Hall of Very Good. So he's going to be in that Hall of Very Good department. And it's tough, man. And it sucks because you've got some really, really talented running backs that really deserve to be you know, put on a pedestal. Like, you know what I mean? Literally on a pedestal. But it ain't going to happen, man. It sucks. Those guys are going to be like on the cusp and not making it. LaShawn McCoy might be the only one that could be, that's probably going to be in that eligible for Hall of Fame. And he may or he may not. But the game is changing. Hopefully it changes for the running back position. Maybe the, the, the criteria changes. Who knows? But if you're looking at who has been in the league and who's been in the hall and you compare their, and you look at their, their accomplishments, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to let that, to let that slide. And that really bugs me because I feel like there's a lot of talented backs back there and you're not given the opportunity to have a long career because they're ready to move on from you after four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Fourth year, fifth year, you're done. You're done. Like Devin Singletary will probably be in the league. Maybe another two years, maybe three. I'm pushing it at three. It's a wrap. It's tough, man. Golly, it's tough. Anyway, I digress. I digress. It was just, uh, it was something that was been, that's been annoying me because um, somebody said Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell ain't going to make no, no. And he was, and he would have been, he would have been a perfect, a perfect person to make it if he just didn't get greedy, if you will. And he wanted, he wanted the bag, but I mean, how do you not go for the bag? How do you not go for the bag? You got to go for the bag as much as you can, because the running back positions is just, they're just, they're not on you. Anyway, he's got like 6,000 yards receiving, uh, 6,000 yards. Now, how you're going to get into the hall is if you have the ability to run the ball and catch the football. And maybe this is where Shady could have a chance to get in because of his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, right? Maybe he has an opportunity. CMC, if you can show that he can do both for a long time, if you can do another, put another six, six, seven years in the league consistently, and that's a lot, that's a long time. But another, like, we'll say five, another five years in the league that you can catch and, and do that and give you all purpose yards, that's what's going to get you in, in the hall. But we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out, folks. Uh, my man says, uh, growing legit says, uh, all Hall of Fame running backs have at least ten thousand or more, uh, ten years or more uh, of starting of, star, of starting. So not just in the league, but the feature back is still starting. And that's another thing, man. You have to have longevity. How are you going to make it anywhere if all you did was start for four years and then move you on, and now you're splitting time? You know what I'm saying? There's no there's no lead back anymore, and that's what makes the things so difficult. You're no there's no no more lead back. It's it's now. You get 10, 12 to carries. You get 10 to 12 carries and go from there. And the only way you can have longevity in this league is if you if you stay in that role of splitting time, but statistically you ain't going to get there. And you're not going to make it in the hall. You're just going to be a Pro Bowl player here and there, and the Pro Bowl is eliminated. So, like, even now the Pro Bowl is a little weird. So it's just it's the, the game has changed. The league has changed. It's just what it is, man. But Shady might be the last to make it. Might. Might be the last to make it. After that, it's a wrap. The running back position, scrap that. They they never gonna make the damn Pro Bowl. It's, I mean, excuse me, the Hall of Fame. Just what it is. Anyways, I'm done. I had to rant that. I had to get that rant off my chest, and it sucks because that's just what it is, man. And if I'm missing a running back right now, that you guys feel like 
um, that is is close to making the Hall of Fame or should make the Hall of Fame, other than the two players that I told you about, Adrian Peterson being one of them and Frank Gore. Those are your last two for sure that are going to make the Hall of Fame. Shady, maybe. He's on the cusp. After that, it's a wrap. It ain't going to happen. Look at that. Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, they're, they're messing around with Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs are messing around with him. You got four running backs right now, legitimate running backs right now. That are, They just, they just, <laughs> it's weird. They're, they're in a weird, Latavius Murray for crying loud is getting a job. Not that I'm hating on Latavius Murray, but Latavius Murray's got a job right now. And Zeke Elliott is chilling. He might be going back to the Dallas Cowboys, but golly, man, it's crazy. Times have changed, baby. Times have changed. Derrick Henry, uh, he won't be a Hall of Famer. Unless, unless he can stay with that team as a lead back for another three years, heavy, and he just goes hard. Because he's at 8,000. He's at 8,000 yards right now. Derrick Henry potentially has a chance, but the way the league is playing now, it's a lot of split time, man. It's a lot of split time, and it sucks, man. It sucks. But, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Derrick Henry, but he's got to put another three years of legitimate starting, getting 15 to 20 carries a game. And he can give you another 1,000. He'll give you easy 12, 1,300 yards. But, like, right now they're trying to already trade him and move on from him, and, and maybe he could be on the decline. So who knows? Who knows, buddy? Who knows? But, anyway, that's it for me, folks. I appreciate y'all. Kim Betts says no work tonight. No, this is my this is my Friday. So Friday nights I don't go in for 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 the Saturday. So this is it for me. So I appreciate y'all. I didn't even mean to to go off for this long. I went uh, for an hour and forty five minutes. Golly, but you know what? I had a lot to say. So uh, we will see you again uh, next week. And uh, you guys are always my good peoples. You guys have always been showing love always. And uh, and we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely be ca- we'll catch you guys later, man. And uh, my guy Juan Casillo says, yo, Henry is S-tier. You straight bugging, Rico. He's only 29. Well, here's the thing. He's 29 years of age right now. Right now, they're trying to say that the running back position at age 27 is when they start to decline. So right now, he's 29. How many more years do you think that they're going to give him to start and be the the lone starter? Two? But right now... The rumor was he was on the trade. He was on the trade freaking uh, trade block. So if you're already on the trade block, you're already on, you're already on the decline at 29. You know 30. What happens at 30? 30 is when they really start to really decline you. So he might be the he might be the one that can get in after potentially Shady. It's gonna be him and Shady. I'll add. You know what? You guys have convinced me enough. If he plays two or three more years, Henry could potentially be, but I doubt it because you're you're gonna be. In the in the Hall of Fame with the likes of the Damian Tomlinson, uh, Marshall Falk, uh, OJ Simpson, like all these beast RBs, man, it's craziness. I just want to see something just for myself. How many how many yards did OJ Simpson run for? OJ Simpson stats. I'm just curious because I mean I I don't know how long how many years that better played, but eleven thousand yards. From my man OJ Simpson, eleven thousand yards and twenty one hundred yards pass uh, pass receptions, and he was a kick returner and a punt returner. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable, man. So even OJ back in the day, in the, in, the, in those days, man, he was he was putting in work. So man, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough to to for me to 
for me to make this to make this happen for y'all, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, fellas. Um, beast mode, love beast mode, but it ain't gonna happen, bro. It ain't gonna happen. My man Mike Hartle, what's up, Mike? Big Mike says Eureka definitely the best Bills podcast, man. Stop that. Listen, man, there's a lot of good Bills podcasts out there, and uh, we are lucky as a fan base. Truth be told, we're lucky as a fan base that we have we have um, we have enough of these guys out there producing content for us because this is a tough time of the year, folks. This is a very tough time of the year where there's nothing. There's no base. I think there's baseball. I think there's only baseball right now, but ain't anybody watching baseball. But hockey's done. Basketball's done. You know what I'm saying? The draft just happened. NFL is just on, a, on the layaway. This is the terrible time for sports. But we will try our best to put things together. I'm trying to line up some interviews with players, former players. We're trying to make things happen, and we'll go from there, man. So I appreciate you, my man, Mike. Uh, you know what? Somebody just brought up Fred Taylor. I'm so glad you brought up Fred Taylor. Because Fred Taylor, is he he's one of those guys right now that people are saying he should be in, and they're giving him a hard time to get in. And he, he's got 11,695, 66 yards rushing. And Fred Taylor's game was amazing. Fred Taylor's game was amazing. So Fred Taylor ain't even in. Think about that. Fred Taylor's not even in. And we're talking about Derrick Henry might make it. Ah, you got to put Fred Taylor in there first. LaDainian Thomas, excuse me, not LaDainian Thomas, and um, Adrian Peterson for sure is going to be in there. Frank Gore for sure is going to be in there. Fred Taylor should be, but he's not. So that, that's a really good one. Fred Taylor is a great choice you put up there. He's got the, he's got the statistics for it. But the magic number sometimes is, is in this in the era that we just came out of is between eleven to twelve thousand yards. You get in there, you're in, you're in, man. But times are tough now, brothers. Times are tough. My man Juan Casillo says, "Yo, Henry's built different though. It used to be thirty, now it's twenty-seven. He's gonna be snuffing defenders till thirty-three. I hope so, man. <laughs> I really do hope so. I really do hope so, man. But." Is is it's not looking good, brother. It's not looking good. Uh, what about Ricky uh Ricky Williams? He ain't making the hall, but I just want to see what what his uh statistics are. Ricky Williams. He's at ten thousand on the dot. Ricky Williams is at ten thousand on the dot. On the dot. So, and he's got sixty six touchdowns. So is he Hall of Fame? And we loved Ricky Williams games, man. Ricky Williams was just the epitome of like, that's the running back. Size was great. Run your ass over. And he was fast enough to get around the corner. Man, the man, there were some good running backs back in the day, boy. But yeah, here we are. Here we are, folks. Anyway, uh, maybe I should do a whole freaking segment on Hall of Fame players that should be in it. It's not in it. What do you guys think? What should be the next podcast topic? You guys let me know. Hit me up on my Twitter. Hit me up on any social media platform. Uh, hit up the Instagram page. Whatever you guys want. All things Buffalo Fanatics. Uh, hit us up. And let's talk about it. What are things you guys want to hit? This is the dead period of the season. And uh, before we get into training camp and all that good stuff. So your your voice is to be heard, man. Whatever you guys want to talk about. Hit us up. Our YouTube page. 
uh, and let us know what topics you guys want us hitting. Is it fantasy football? You guys want to start talking about that? Let's go. Let's talk about it, and we'll go from there. Um, Juan Castillo says, Henry averages close to 2K yards a year. If he stays healthy, he's first ballot. The question is if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. And, and like I said, he's, you can make a case for him because at first I was dismissing it. But if you can make a case that he, he gives you a, like, like 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards for the next three years, that puts him, that puts him in that 11,000-yard mark. He gives you four more years of a thousand yards rushing. He's in. There's no question about it. And then they ain't going to be one that's built like him for a while until somebody comes out. So maybe Bijan Robinson's the next guy, but the way the league is played out right now, it ain't going to happen because they got two lead backs right now in Atlanta and they're going to be split in time. So is what it is. So folks, that's it for me. I appreciate y'all. You guys are always fantastic. You guys are always great. Y'all always show me love like crazy. And thank you, guys. It's Friday night. You guys could be doing way better things, but you guys are here rocking with your boy. I've been talking for almost damn near two hours. Golly. Anyway, we appreciate you. And uh, I'm about to, I have the house to myself. The wifey is, uh, she went to go see her mother and her parents, and she took the kids. So I got the house to myself. You think that I'd be a bachelor and in, in, in holding it down, but I didn't do anything too special today. I mowed the lawn today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Took a nap because I worked the overnight and woke up, had something to eat, and here I am. And then tomorrow, cleaning the house. Is this the life of a husband? I guess that's what I got to do, man. Wife is gone. I got to do I got to do housework. That's just what it is, man. Gone are the days where you can just play video games all day and do nonsense and do some bullshit. We got responsibilities. You feel me? So, folks, enjoy yourself. Have a great weekend and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. And I feel like we should get into this running back talk way more. So smash that like before you get out of here. And if you guys have not followed, if you guys have not got on here, uh, and show some love, do that, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip. And until next time, it's your boy Rico, and I'm gone. Have yourself a great night, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's go.